bow our heads for prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are sure that you are here with us today. Direct our hearts, direct our thoughts, direct our speech. In fact, Lord, direct our response. Holy Spirit, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise be to God. We thank God for church. And I don't know, as I keep saying, and I've said many times in the past, for those who decide to not to fellowship on a regular basis, I don't know anything better they could be doing than to be in the house of the Lord. I joined David to say I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And indeed, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tent of the wicked. Even when things seem low and difficult, you're still sure in the best place when you come to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the few moments that we have today, I want us to travel with the Lord on the subject of victory in rejection. Victory in rejection. Can I see by hand how many of us have had to rewrite an exam before? Had to rewrite an examination. A levels, O levels. I have written, rewritten an exam before. And um, the message is sent when you are confronted with it. It's not pleasant at all. And it's even so when you are, let's say, at the university and it's a do and die one. The do and die one is the one that can decide whether you remain or you'll be out. Or a professional is, or you attend a visa interview and you are very confident and you got all your papers intact. All your financials look very perfect. And all the things you have look alright. Your sponsors are clean. And you go to the afternoon for your report. And you open the envelope. And then you see a refusal. Or even in our very faith, sometimes you are confronted by a situation. Like Paul. Say, for this I besought the Lord three times. And the Lord told me, my grace is sufficient for you. So maybe there's some struggle, some point in your faith as a child of God. You hear about other people's testimonies. You fast. You pray. You cry to God. And it's as if the God of those people that you are in the same church with is not your same God. It's as if you read a different Bible from the other people. Because you feel a sense of rejection. And I want to encourage you this afternoon, this morning as we enter the afternoon, that God has a word for you. Say amen. I can go on and on and talk about marriages, relationships, situations that you in your natural mind believe that you have put in your best. But where your best doesn't seem to be enough. And it's re, re, the, the response you get 
is a response of no way. Because you see, when we talk about rejection, we are talking about being thrown out, being refused, not being accepted. And you see, the strange thing about rejection is that what makes it painful is when you are sure you know that certain circles you are well accepted. You are highly honored. You know that certain examinations, certain situations, you have them under control. And so you believe yourself. You know, once upon a time, there was a first lady in this country who was so very powerful. And I remember that she traveled to the United States and then they gave her a dog search, a drug search. She felt very humiliated. It's a form of rejection. Because what they were saying was that your diplomatic status, your first lady status, whatever you are, does not matter here. So sometimes you can be accepted in a particular environment and you enter another atmosphere and all that you, you all the, the privileges, all the honor, all the dignity, all the status, all that matters to you as important, that holds you together. Suddenly you are straight off. And you are like nothing. That is the power of rejection. That is why every child of God needs victory. When a situation comes, when one feels rejected, you need to master it. Because there are, there is, we have enough ammunition in the scriptures and in our walk with the Lord not to walk trampled under by the spirit of rejection. You see, in the last days, the scripture says, Paul said to the, the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, he said, For we are not ignorant of his devices. A child of God must not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. There are many weapons and strategies the enemy is using these days. And one of the strongest weapons he's using is in the weapon of accusation. Accusation. There are many pastors who have given up. Preachers, evangelists. Because the accuser got them into a corner. When they were struggling with rejection. And they, 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 they began to ask questions. And they didn't find answers. And they were asking the questions. Sometimes in the wrong places. And because of that the enemy took advantage. And they be, he accused them. Or even the mistake they made. He took advantage of them. And they didn't let, recognize that. There is something called the grace of God. They could not rely on the grace of God for restoration. And because of that, they, they, they couldn't accept the situation. They couldn't get over that rejection that they felt, that they experienced. So the accuser in our generation is using it very strongly. He's also using strongly the power of conspiracies. Conspira- when people feel intimidated by conspiracy, people get together. Anytime, you see, past, a lot of pastors have died before their time. Their ministries have been cut short because leaders, elders, church, other pastors outside their town or within their town have conspired, set traps, they've, they've entered it. And because of that, they never saw the fulfillment of their ministry. Many marriages have collapsed because of conspiracies. People have, have uh, when, when the enemy attacks with the power of conspiracy, when people plot, when in-laws and sometimes even children and parents, one side against the other and all of that, the enemy takes advantage. There are many strategies that the enemy is using. 
and we must not be ignorant. But I can tell you that there is one potent one is the power of accusation of the accuser. And he uses rejection to bring it to pass. And that's why we must be vigilant. We must be watchful. We must watch it. Because you see, when you are rejected, it can lead you to certain dire circumstances. One of the things that can happen to a person that's rejected is that he feels as though the world is worthless. He feels worthless or she feels worthless. Nothing means anything good to him. And though, why, you, why people make statements like, not, not, I don't know, nothing means anything. When people make things that connote vengeance, like I've said before, Papa Nyefi, Aboni Nyefi. If there's no point in doing good, because when you do good, you don't get a good response to the good. So, and I'd rather do bad. That is a look-up expression, which is a, a, a statement of desperation. It's a statement in reaction to rejection. Worthlessness. It's not worth living. Life is. Uh, 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 it's not worth living. They say it to themselves. And they, 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 they scheme, they work around it. And sometimes people will not admit that they are going through rejection. Because this world that we are in now, is like a lot of things are like the Halloween facades that the people are wearing. You know, they have every, everything is... A lot of things are not real as you see. In the political atmosphere, it's not real. In many areas of life, it's not real. So once... People can put up and talk well and make it look good. We are cool. So, people, unless you go beneath the surface, you would not know that people feel that way. Hallelujah. That is why we, the believers, we who are kingdom minded, need to be careful in terms of relating to other people. Sometimes, people, are, even with, with us as leaders, people will tell you flatteries. They want you to hear what they want you to hear. They, so if we don't, we are not discerning, they can beat us through it. Hallelujah. But may God give us the grace to discern. So people feel worthless. People can be angry. If you look at the hip-hop hip culture, it's because of a sense of, of, of rejection. The whole idea behind all these things that are happening, especially in the, uh, uh, North America and in parts of Europe, it's all about a sense of rejection. Minority groups who feel that, oh, we are not being here. Nobody recognizes that. We need to do something. All these rebel movements that are all over the place. is because there is a sense of rejection. There is a sense of anger. Because they feel that. Look, as we say in Chi, when people are enjoying and others are not enjoying, the same what they think they should be entitled to, usually it leads to um, uh, people being angry or being upset. So, rejection can lead to a lot of negative consequences. Feeling worthless, feeling angry, unjustifiably so. Mistrust, fear, withdrawal, and even the worst scenario where self-destruction comes in. People can say, look, because nobody cares, the system doesn't care, we just take our lives or do something. We don't care if the thing, if the marriage bends or the, the church or whatever they are involved in, ministry or their business bends. It doesn't, it doesn't care because sometimes people feel rejected. Now, 
Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah 53, verse 3. A famous scripture. Isaiah 53, verse 3, not 52. Jesus Christ rejected. He says, He is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Hallelujah. Our master Jesus experienced rejection. He was despised, the scripture says. So that you and I, we also don't have to go through, I mean, continue to hold on to that. Anything he went through, he went through that for you and I. Hallelujah. So if Jesus was despised, you or me, when I go through being despised, I have to remember that Jesus has already been despised. I don't need to go through it a second time. I'm going to go through a scripture for that and explain to you. That is why a child of God, a man like Brother Yamensa was talking about it, a man and his love for the wife and all of that. A woman, a wife, should never get to the point that they feel so rejected that they have to call it off in life. Because Jesus has taken over their rejection. They are being despised. Jesus has taken over that. And I'll tell you, tell you, I'll explain that. I know you will say, oh, but you don't know what I'm going through and what I've been through. You don't know my story. That's what they say. You don't know my story. It's true. Let's look at the experience of David in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1 to 6, King James says, and it came to pass, when David and his men were come to Ziglag, on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire, and had taken the women captives that were therein, they, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives... And their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept. Until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives. And Ahinom, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Rejection. Hallelujah. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the effort. Thank God that there will always be the effort. Hallelujah. The garment of the priest. And then, Abiathar brought Tither the effort to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, There will always be a God that we will inquire at. Say, Amen. Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. Everybody say, Pursue. Today, 
I want to encourage your heart. That the same God that was with David is the God we are serving. The capacity, the ability, the grace to wear the effort, the priestly garment, because the scripture says in First Peter 2 verse 9, you and I are the priests of today. If we put on the priestly garment, in spite of the rejection, in spite of the opposition, there is going to be an overtaking grace. There is going to be an ability. He says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And he said, give me the effort. One of the reasons why many of us, we wallow in rejection and, uh, and all of these things for so long. We forget who we are. We forget the garment we have. We forget that we belong to a certain kind of priesthood. We forget that there is an inquiry to be made at the altar of the Lord. We forget that, in fact, they that are with us are more than they that are against us. We forget so many things. But the scripture said, and David inquired of the Lord. And he again inquired of the Lord. And the scripture said, the Lord granted him grace to pursue. Hallelujah. You know, it's interesting because I don't have too much time to elaborate on the issue of David. Because you see, David, you will say your story is different. These people that David gathered in chapter 22 of 1 Samuel, we are told that these people were the misfits of society. When David, look, this boy didn't bring the kingship upon himself. This was a young uh, shepherd boy who was located by the Lord himself. He was sitting in somewhere. He didn't call himself to be anointed king. He didn't call himself to be, to, to go and contest Saul. He was just sitting in somewhere, looking after his few sheep. And enjoying the bears of the air. Enjoying the forest life. Once upon a time, a prophet comes and the Lord locates him. And decides to make him a king. And even that king, he has not even seen the throne. He has not sat on the seat. And before he's sitting on the seat, he's having all the troubles and the fights. He could easily have said, look, enough is enough. You God who called me, I don't want, I'm happier in my little Bethlehem where I am. Leave me there. Nobody knew me. Uh, nobody, the women would not have sung praises to me for Saul to oppose me and for me to have a problem. You know, sometimes we say to ourselves, if, if God had him brought me to this level, all this wahala I'm seeing, trouble I'm seeing, would not have come. And then we begin to look around. Who can I hold responsible? Where can I place the blame? Because this thing, that, I, I didn't call for it. And the scripture says, as he was doing this thing, Saul became his enemy. And we know what happened. Eventually, in chapter 22, we are told that when he left the, press, the palace of Saul and wanted to, 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 to now hide, he never wanted to destroy Saul. But Saul was still chasing him, so he, needed to, he, he had to create an army of 400 to de defend himself, protect himself. And the scripture said, the people that formed the army, they were the mistress, they were the people that were owing. The people that everybody had written off. The people that didn't matter in the society. And these people came together, and they formed the army of David. Now, when you reach at the church, you see now they have family, they have belongings. Did you see that? So, eight chapters down the line, they have prospered. They are conquered. And there are people, when they, they were now, their things were taken, they had forgotten that it was David. Once upon a time, I heard a man of God crying. I mean, not physically crying, but lamenting. Because he was going through a situation in his life. In his church. He said, these are the same people that I married them. 
These are the same people I counsel. These are the same people I interceded for and helped them to buy lands and to do things. But look at them. They are now stoning me. Rejection is even more painful when you think that you have put in all. When you think you have sacrificed all. So David, king, to be in waiting, he didn't bring that trouble upon himself. But the scripture says his people thought to stone him. So he was greatly distressed. I don't know about you, but I have come to tell you this afternoon. Your story is not different from David's story. No matter how complicated it is, no matter how long your story is, it's not different. Because the scripture has there's nothing new under the sun. He says to, in, the, in, the, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, I think verse 9, he says that, that which was, it is and it will be. Then he said in Corinthians, there is no temptation that comes to man. That is not common. But to every temptation, God provides a way of escape. And it's, it seems as if it's more difficult when you know in your mind that you have put in all. When you know, like Jesus, he left his throne above to come to earth. He didn't have to do it. But he did it. And so sometimes when we are going through our times and seasons of rejection, we wonder, our minds, the enemy causes us to wonder. See, when you look into the scripture, you realize that this thing about rejection didn't start today. It started from the Garden of Eden. In Genesis, the Bible said, and God threw out the man and his wife. That is divine rejection. And that one is a dangerous one. Whenever you feel rejected, the first thing we need to look at is, is it a divine rejection or a satanic or self-inflicted rejection? That question needs to be answered. If it's divine, the only remedy is humility and repentance. When Adam was thrown out, the only way he could, that's why Jesus came. For reconciliation. The issue is that many times when we, we lump it all, feel rejected. Ask yourself. Paul said to the Corinthians, examine yourselves if you are still in the faith. Instead of charging on people and looking for scapegoats and trying to find some other way. The first thing that when you look at the, 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 uh, in the time of Samuel, when Saul had his issues, God said, in Samuel, Samuel 16, God said to Samuel, I have rejected, don't, don't pray for this man any longer, for I have rejected him. So when a man or a woman is rejected by God, and that is one thing that in our time, we don't spend time to know. So this sense of rejection, I'm asking myself, oh Lord, don't reject me. That's why David in Psalm 51 was saying, no, no, uphold me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Don't throw me out. Because if God rejects me or you, it's a different matter. But if we come to the situation whereby the divine direction of the Spirit, we know that no, God, we've dealt with the God factor through repentance, through humility, through confession, through reconciliation with Him. Then we are zeroing in on a few, four important questions we need to ask ourselves. Number one, who are you? Who am I? Every child of God, when you feel rejected, don't look to, don't focus on the situation of, of why you are and all of that. That's not the critical thing. Understanding who you are. When you read the scriptures in the book of Romans, we are told that, our, in Romans 8.15, we are told that our spirits cry, Abba, Father. 
am a child of God. I am the son or daughter of the universe creator. He has plans for me. My father knows his plans he has for me. I am not defined. I am a child of God. I am a heavenly being. He says, I know the numbers of your hairs. I called you, like he told Jeremiah, in your mother's womb. So if I know who I am and I know who brought me to be to the earth, I know where he's taking me. Why do we wallow in rejection? And going back in cycles of doom and, 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 and all successions of, 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 of doom and, and feeling low, low until the enemy crushes you. Because so many times we don't know who we are. We don't even know that, look, David was not yet made a king. He was not yet initiated as a priest. But he said, give me the effort. He knew himself that he was a priest. The effort is a priest garment. He knew even in the forest there, he was a priest. He didn't need to be consecrated. He didn't need to, 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 to have a, a ceremony of the priesthood to be made a priest. But he knew in his inner man that he was a priest. He knew that he was called. So he knew that he, as a priest, he had access into the holy place, the holy of holies. He knew that he could invoke the presence of God as a child. He knew that he, before it happened in, in, in Hebrews 4.16, he knew he had access into the holiest of all. The reason why many of us wallow for so long in rejection, looking for escape, scapegoats and for people and, 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 and so-called human health. The scripture says, woe is he who is dependent on the arm of flesh. Many times we, we're looking, when they, they, we feel rejected, we're looking for people to settle scores for us. We're looking for a King Kong who can talk for us, who can fight for us. But the scripture says that David requested for the effort. He knew that he was coming from the priestly line. He knew he was anointed before the time. He knew he belonged to the inner chamber. He knew. Look at Gideon in Judges. The Bible says, and he said, the, the Lord came to him and said to him, Thou Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Who are you? Who are you when you, are, when you feel rejected? Don't let anybody define you. You are a mighty man, a woman of valor. Don't let people... You see that, 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 that first lady... That went abroad and the other put it. So, once she knew in herself that I'm still the first lady of Ghana, it didn't matter what anybody did to her. What anybody said didn't matter. She had immunity. She had to have immunity in her mind, in her convictions. Why do we want? Because many times we throw away the cup of where who we are. As priests, as a child of God, as a accepted, Ephesians says, Paul says to the Ephesians, you are accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1 6. That's why many people walk and, and we're always looking for pity party and, and for sympathy. Look, do you know, every, if everybody was to tell a story, do you know your story will be diminished? It will be dwarfed. Yes. If pastors, all pastors told you their lamentations, agonies, accusations, vile uh, uh, conspiracies. Evil speakings, trappings, troubles, sorrows, permutations and combinations of, of, of wahala, trouble, serious. You say that, in fact, you don't have any problem. Hallelujah. But many times, we forget. See, we have been made accepted in the beloved. Whose beloved? God's. 
we, I am God's beloved. You are God's beloved. And as a child of God, if this thing is not strong in your conviction, the enemy will keep you under. The accuser will keep you under. You know that you are an heir. You see, those people in the UK calling themselves royals and all, they know they are untouchables. They know they are special people. They, don't, they, they, they are not worried about all this media stuff. Look, Prince Charles, people have been talking about him since I was a child. That he's not going to qualify to be the king. If the woman dog today, he's still going to be the king. You can say what you want. You can say you don't like uh, uh, Camilla, Parker Bowles. You don't like, you want Princess Zara to wake up and come and all. It's not, it's not going, it's not going to change who he is. He's still Prince Charles. Because it is there. The structure is there. And, and no matter what anybody, the so-called, they can, the media can skim and run and do all the things. He are still, he's still Prince Charles. He's next. Earl of Chester. He's still the Prince Charles. Nobody can take it from him. And the same way, you and I, who are children of God, know that you are now a child of God. Hallelujah. And you are a child of God because Jesus was rejected. John 1 to 11 and 12 tells us, he was rejected. He went to his own and his own received him not. But as many as believed on his name, he gave power to be called the children of God. You are a child of God because Jesus was rejected. I am a child of God because Jesus was rejected. Where do you stand? Last week we spoke about the kingdom of light. Colossians 1.13 tells us we are in the kingdom of his dear son. Now listen to something. Where we are standing, even though physically, the scripture says, though we are in this world, we are not of this world. We have diplomatic immunity from somewhere else. We are just visiting. Jim Reeves made a song. He said, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We have diplomatic immunity here as we walk on this earth. We don't belong to the system. Of, so the things that happen around this world should not be so affected. Look, everything is ready. Our embassy, you can ask those who have understand, who do a bit of diplomacy, they will tell you that their people are always on standby. You've seen it many times in many African countries. The first thing they say, don't go here, don't go here. Get ready for the repatriation. We are in transit here on earth, preparing for our final destination, our home. All the things, the, the warlords can decide to take over the place, but we are, our people have prepared the place. Our father has prepared the place. We belong to a certain kingdom. All these things are temporal. So the people that are from other cities, countries or diplomatic missions, they know that everything that's happening in Ghana, they just shop with us for a short time. They don't care. They, don't, they are not even struggling for our passport. They don't go to our missions in, in looking for passport. They don't care. They just say they are always equipped. They are ready. Where do you belong? Which kingdom do you belong to? Think like a kingdom-minded person. Even here on earth. We can be here, but our mind the scripture says, for our conversation is in heaven. See, that, that, that conversation there means our lifestyle, our manner of life, our conduct, our, our behavioral pattern is heavenly standard. The King James conversation, the word conversation there. The way we live, we live as diplomats. We live as heavenly people just spending a little time here. And that will help you to overcome any form of earthly rejection. If your whole heart is in the things, that's why Jesus said, 
a man's life, chapter 12 of Luke, verse 15, he said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he has. If your whole heart, he said, be careful. In Luke 21, 34, he says, lest your heart be overcharged with the suffitings of this world, with the cares. All the rejection we are going to people, we are conscious of the way people receive us, and they spoke to me that way, and they didn't remind, give me, they gave that one down, they didn't give me that, and he doesn't respect me, the way he's talking to me, and he did this, and do all these things are a reflection of the way our whole infatuation, our whole affection, our whole convictions about the things that we have here, our names, our wealth, our cars, our property, all the obsession with rejection and they didn't give me they didn't give me the position they didn't give me visa they didn't give me that all that we feel rejected about if you like take your time and analyze take your time and write down oh what are the things that made me feel rejected i applied to this school they didn't admit me i applied to this country they didn't give me visa i applied to that i didn't have this and i wanted to do that uh, this course and they said i don't have the qualification they said uh, they, 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 and I, I tried to go even in marriage I tried to apply to marry them and didn't go through. I applied. I tried this other thing. It didn't go through. I tried to go here. It didn't go through. So, all the rejection is all about things about us. It doesn't show that the conversation is in heaven. And that is why many of us are still wallowing in a sense of rejection. But you see, when the diplomat comes here and he goes to Kuala or whatever, he doesn't get what he wants. What does he do? They have diplomatic bag. Things that are not in Ghana, they call for diplomatic bag. They go to the embassy and they call diplomatic bag. And diplomatic bag has anything you want. So in this country, they don't have... When Ghana, we were going through all those kinds in the 80s, people used the diplomatic bag for all their personal things. Because they, were, they had immunity. They had that power. Every the ship will come. The containers will come. And they just take it to the people who belong to another state. But because many times... Our obsession, our whole thing is about this thing that here. He has taken my this. I will, I will not let him take it. I will fight it. And then you, you bounce and you don't get it. And you go here, you bounce and you don't get it. And then the more pain, the more agony. Because there is a sense that, that the rejection has clouded your imagination. I wanted to do this. He didn't give me the chance. He, he prefers that one to me. He has rejected me. I saluted him. I saluted her. He didn't respond. So, so he has rejected me. I, I greeted the pastor. The pastor didn't take any notice of me. He has rejected me. Pastor and she are the head. The pastor doesn't greet you. Pastor is a human being. If you wake up in the morning like Ben Hinn said, good morning, Holy Spirit, and you greet the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit responds. What is the pastor or brothers, somebody who doesn't respond to you? Fine. If I can respond to you, it's fine. But if I, I'm busy and for which reason I can't see you, I'm not omniscient. I can't know everything. Pastor can be looking at you but not see you. <laughs> or it doesn't happen to us all. You can be chatting with people and somebody, oh, Pastor, when I stood by you five years, oh, didn't you see me? After seven years, I didn't see you. I'm looking at you but I don't see you. Because my mind, there's so many people. And because of that, you are so offended. You feel I have rejected you. I beg you, forgive me. Forgive the pastor. Because if you are heavily minded, it will be trivial. But because most of the time we are here, we can't go further. May God release somebody. I said, may God release somebody. Where do you stand? Where do you come from? What do you have? What do you have? You see, when you are, people are carrying the American passport, they feel very confident. Because it's a weapon. <laughs> it's a weapon. 
It's an access to so many things. The world, that's how the world looks at it. When you have the, the, the Union Jack flag on your things, or you have the, the, the lion thing behind your passport, people treasure, they will do anything, they will pay anything, they will, they will, they will steal, they will marry three times. They will turn from men to women. Brothers are marrying their sisters. Fathers are marrying their daughters. Just to get Union Jack on their logo. True or not true? Fathers are marrying their daughters. Sisters are marrying their brothers. Men are turning to women. Women are turning to men. Because people believe that when you, you, you have the, the UK passport, they can do things. Whenever you are in trouble, oh, they will come to your help. Or when you have Echo, Echo was passport. When you go there, they say, okay, you, you stay here, we are coming. And after dealing with thousand people, they'll come to one person, then you come in. Thousand people, they'll come, so you'll be tired, you can, you'll be frustrated. But our conversation, we come from somewhere else. And we carry our identity, which is not this place identity. We are so obsessed with our Ghanaian and our American, our British and our Ukrainian and Chinese and all their identities. And we forget what we are carrying. That thing we are carrying, the, we- the scripture says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty. We are carrying mighty weapons, serious weapons. We don't even realize it. We have not activated our weapons. Our weapons are more powerful than all these nuclear things they are talking about in Iran and Iraq and in, in America and all of these things. In any case, who gave those people the wisdom to be, make those things? And he has given, he says, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. And I give it to you. Look at it, it's in the Bible. Look at it, the, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, from verse 18 there. So, you have it. I have it. I hold something. You hold something. That should not allow rejection to define you. Rejection by men, by society, by whatever organization. By a man. By a woman. Rejection by an institution. Rejection by an establishment, a a tradition, a culture. Should not define you. you. Refuse to be caged by anything like that. Because you belong to a kingdom. And in that kingdom, you have something that gives you access. That authority. You have a passport. The name of Jesus is a passport. The blood is a passport. The word is a passport. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And the scriptures, and they love not their life unto death. Why are you morose? Why are you down? Jesus, the Bible says, and David, he knew where he came from. He knew his God. When the same God that helped him that, to, to, to confront uh, uh, Goliath. So he said, give me the effort. He said, and the scripture said, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Because he found out that all the people around, they were earthly. He now had to just go into the Lord. But all the people around, they couldn't help him. You know, there are many times we go through rejection and trials and tribulation. There, is, there, we, 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 there are people that we depend on. Friends, husband, wife, sometimes can fail you. People, pastors can fail you. Those of us who have got children that they have become our, our puppet, what do you call it? Saviors. They can fail you. All your investment is in your son or your daughter, believing that, hey, I'm pumping him or her. A few, a, a year, less than a year ago, a, 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 a young man 
finished medical school. He's going to see the family. Kumasi Road, he finished. So that family, that depends. Oh, yeah, by a doctor. Our son is going to be a doctor. That, that the end of the dream, before he could be even sworn in. So what is, everything that we see is temporal. What is this obsession with this, that, oh, my daughter, this time he doesn't write to me. She doesn't call me. I don't even know. It's because of this new girl and this new boy and this new this person who has come into their life and you have, you have, you have, you have put on your war garment. It's all put on your effort. You put on your, your, your Batakari warrior. You are going to fight that lady and that man to, to, to settle the scores. You have forgotten what you are holding. You don't need that. You need the effort. You have to, the effort will take you to the presence of God. You, the, the arena of God. You need, you need the word. You need, you need the, 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 the presence of God. You don't need anything else. Once you can find your effort and you can know access into the presence of God, things will change. I said things will change. Beloved, I want to end by talking about who is with you. I said, who are you? Where do you stand? What do you have? Who is with you? When Second Kings, Elisha was confronted by the enemies, the scripture says, and he said to, he prayed for the servant and said, Lord, open the servant's eyes. And he said to him, For they that are with us are more than they that are against us. Who is with you? They, they, Paul, Paul said to, Corinthians, to Romans in chapter 8, verse 31, If God be for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter how many people have rejected us. I was reading about this former American president, this Abraham Lincoln, and it's, it's amazing. How many rejections he had in his life. How many failures he had in his life. How many attempts he had made. Including the loss of his wife. At an early age. And yet. Somehow. By divine providence. He still ended up in the White House. Ending up as one of the greatest ever. My brother. My sister. You need the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Before he left in chapter 14 of John said, I'm calling, I'm going, I'm going to the Father. And I asked the Father to give you a comforter, a partner, a colleague, a, a, someone to, to help you to enjoy fellowship, to, to, uh, to an advocate if you, there's nobody to speak for you, a strengthener, somebody who will give us vibrance when we are dull. Somebody, and he says in the 17, verse 17, he says, and he is called the spirit of truth. You see, the mechanism, the way into our liberty out of rejection is when the Holy Spirit activates the truth of God. He illumines your spirit. So that is why it's very sad when we run away from the word of God. When we run away from church. When we run away from people that can give us the truth. Because the Holy Spirit, he is the spirit of truth. And when he doesn't come into your life, you'll forever be wallowing in rejection and thinking that it's, by, it's not by laying on hands that you, you overcome rejection. I can pray for you. The spirit of heaviness will be taken. But the enemy will come again. And when he comes, you need, and you need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And say, Lord, Holy Spirit, take control. Let us pray. Bow your head. Talk to God, somebody. We accepted of the Lord. We bless you. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you for the victory in his name. 
Thank you for the encouragement by the word of the Lord. We are victorious in all things. And so we bless your name, Lord. If there is anyone here today, Lord, that is being pressed down, we thank you for the name of Jesus that has come forth to deliver and to bring joy. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, Father. We thank you for hearing us. Amen.